expose my mind to clarity Oh, my spirit shudders Capture the moment, oh, to keep my sanity No wisdom rushing in So much clearer Welcome back to another episode of Oh Shoot. I'm your host, Cassidy Lynn, and today is a very special episode. It is my 50th episode. Woohoo! So, on today's episode, I decided to bring on a guest. I am chatting with Marina Williams. If you don't know her, literally go and look her up on Instagram right now. She's amazing. She is such a good photographer and photography educator. And I'm very excited to chat with her on this special 50th episode of my podcast. So I hope you guys like today's episode and let's get right into it. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode. Today, I'm chatting with Marina Williams. Marina, say hi. Hello, hi. (laughs) Um, I'm super excited to have you on this episode. Um, You have been like a really cool inspiration in the photography community. I follow you on Instagram. Um, So I'm really excited just to chat with you a little bit about self-portrait, social media, all of that fun stuff. So uh, before we jump into all of that, why don't you just tell everyone about yourself, kind of what you do, all that good stuff. Yes. Hi. Thank you so much for having me and for those kind words. I appreciate it. Of course. Um, Yes. So excited to be here. Um, A little bit about me. I am 26. I had to think about how old I was for a second. (laughs) Always. I'm 26. I live in Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, I've lived here for about four years now. Um, I moved here from Florida and I picked up photography as a kid. Um, my grandfather was a photographer and he taught me how to use his old film cameras. He gave them to me when I was like in middle school Mm -hmm. and taught me how to load film. So that's kind of how it started. And then shortly after that, I got, you know, like a little point and shoot digital camera that I'd bring with me on all my bike rides and was just super stoked about taking photos of everything. And then in high school, got my first DSLR and loved kind of orchestrating photo shoots with my friends at sleepovers. And (laughs) just once we got our driver's license, we drive around town and just kind of go crazy with the photo shoots. But, um, uh, that's kind of like how it started. And that was, I just was never really passionate about anything except doing photo shoots with my friends. And I was like, Mm -hmm. well, I might as well pursue this full time because, um, it's like the only thing I was really interested in, in that way. Um, so I studied photography in college. I went to Florida state, um, and graduated in 2017, eventually moved to Utah to work as an in-house photographer for a kid's clothing brand. Um, did that for a year. And then I left just to be freelance on my own. Um, posting on TikTok is what has like taken off my career, um, Mm -hmm. during the pandemic. And I'm sure we'll like talk about that and everything, but that's kind of just a little rundown of like how I got where I am today, but yeah. 
Cool. So your transition from part-time to full-time then was being the in-house photographer and then transitioning to freelance. And then you just kind of from freelance never went back to like a corporate Mm job. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. I enjoyed working there a lot. I mean, it was my first like big girl job out of college and Mm -hmm. I was really just stoked that I found a position that I could make an like a salary doing photography and wouldn't have to, you know, worry about the roller coaster of freelancing. Right. Um, so I was really stoked about that and it was a great first job. The company was really cool. It was all young artists and designers working for the clothing brand. So Mm -hmm. I had a lot of fun, but taking photos of little kids is like not my true passion. I love doing creative portraits and women's fashion and, um, more kind of stuff in that route versus taking photos of kids. Um, so Eventually, I was just definitely just freelancing on the side, doing a lot of engagements, couple shoots, and senior portraits mostly, and doing a lot of free collaborations. Mm-hmm. And eventually, it paid off, and I was able to quit my job so that I could pursue just working with clients on the side. Okay, cool. And when you quit your um, the in-house job, what would you say were like the main paying? Uh, like paying shoots that you were getting. So you said Mm -hmm. couples, like which one of those were like the paid things that kept you going? Definitely senior portraits. Um, I did before I decided to really niche down, I was kind of like, I can do anything. I can do family photos. I can do weddings. I can do engagements. I can do senior portraits. I can do, uh, you know, uh, lookbooks for boutiques and stuff like that. But, Mm -hmm. um, I was doing mostly senior portraits and then I was mostly sharing those senior portraits and some of them, and I was still doing a lot of collaborations and stuff on the side as well. And people would reach out to me and be like, Hey, I like how creative these portraits are. I want to hire you to take my senior portraits, but I want them to be a little bit different and fun and more creative than like your classic senior portraits. So okay. that's kind of what I ended up doing the most. Yeah. I like that. Cause now that I look at your style, I feel like it is like, like you have still the portrait look, but it's so creative and different. And I could see how like a senior would be attracted to that. Cause you know, you want something a little bit different and that's kind of like your selling point. Like at that point is creative senior portraits, something that's just a little bit different. Yeah, definitely. And that was like the dream. Like the best thing is, you know, having a client reach out to you and be like, I love what you do. I want you to kind of take me under your wing. If you have any cool ideas of something that's different, like that's the most amazing thing for me, like as a photographer in a client to have someone that totally trusts you and is willing to kind of get creative with whatever ideas you have. So that's kind of what I was doing. And it was so fun. Like, yeah, it was awesome. Totally. And so now you obviously are full-time in your business. What are the main paying shoots that you do now? Cause obviously you don't really do those like senior shoots as much now, I would assume. Mm -hmm. Right. So my business has totally taken a change recently, which is like kind of crazy. Um, mostly the, the paying shoots I'm doing are client work. Um, and mostly for brands. Um, I do a lot of marketing for brands, like kind of all over the place a little bit. Most of them are kind of like tech related, but, um, Like, for example, I just got off a call with a food brand that's hiring me to make some imagery for their Instagram of like holding the products and stuff. So I've hired models, makeup artists, and it's just going to be some kind of close-up beauty sort of um, product shots with the models interacting. So stuff like that is mostly what I do now. And I love doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, But because of TikTok and the internet and how all of that has kind of played a role in my career, I've 
started to do a lot of photography education. Um, and that really is like the main driving point of my career right now, um, hosting events and creating, I have a Patreon community where I do like weekly video lessons on topics related to photography and freelancing. So that is like the main pillar of my career now, actually not so much client shoots. I'm taking a break from doing engagements, weddings, senior Mm -hmm. portraits, stuff like that right now, which is kind of crazy. I never thought I would be in this spot where I'm like, I'm not doing photo shoots, but I'm a photographer, but it's kind of crazy, but I I love doing education and working with brands as well. Yes. Education is like a fun thing to do on the side, but like for me too, it kind of just like took over and I realized that I almost like it better than going Mm -hmm. and shooting clients. Like, obviously I like that too, but being able to connect with other photographers, it's just like that community aspect is so cool. And it's just, I just end up really appreciating that at the end of the day is like the community that comes with education, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like it's so great to like build encouraging communities because the photography community can be so, um, there's a lot of people that gatekeep information and it's very secretive. Mm -hmm. No one wants to share the keys to their success. So (laughs) I know what it's like to, you know, be in that situation where you have so many questions. Like I went to school for photography and I graduated and was like, I have no idea how to run a business. Like, yeah. So I'm excited to like kind of have a community of other photographers that I can, you know, help and we can help each other. Right. Okay. So let's chat a little bit about what you shoot on. I'm always curious, like what your go-to lenses are, what your camera body is, just kind of break down your gear for me. Mm -hmm. I have the Canon 5D Mark IV and the lens that pretty much never comes off my body is, um, the Canon 35 millimeter. Mm-hmm. And I also have a Canon 16 to 35 millimeter 2.8 wide angle lens. And that one is so fun and I love using it, but I don't use it as often. I did use okay. it yesterday at a shoot. Um, <laughs> we were getting a little funky and creative with like distortion and stuff like that. So, um, that lens is super fun, but I don't use it quite as often, but that's my whole gear. Like just those two. Okay. Lenses that awesome. Yeah. Wow. Isn't it amazing how you can literally create so many different shots with just like one lens that you really like? Yeah. So yeah. Cool. When awesome. I used to shoot weddings, I had a couple other lenses, but since I do, don't do them anymore, I never use those. So I just, sold yeah. Them. yeah, yeah, <laughs> I totally get that. I have a lot of longer lenses. I have like a 50 millimeter and then an 85 and mm-hmm. I really only use them for weddings because I don't, I don't need that type of focal length when I'm just shooting like someone right next to me, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I love being super close to my subject while I'm shooting so I can like talk to them. It just feels more intimate that way. Yes, I would agree. Okay. So I wanted to talk about your style. Um, you have like, when I look at your photos, I literally right away know that your photos are your photos, which is a good thing. Um, so the best compliment. Thank you. (laughs) I feel like I, I feel like every photographer struggles with that, but that's so nice. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Um, so how did you find that style kind of walk me through like that process for you and what that looked like for you? Well, I feel I've been doing photography for over 10 years. Like it's been over 10 years since I got my first DSLR. And I feel like, um, my style has gone through so many phases and it just, I feel like a lot of new photographers expect to find that so quickly, but at least for me, I've been, I've tried everything. I've edited so differently. Like I've edited so dark and moody. I've edited so bright. I've done all different types of photo shoots. I've done, I don't know. I I feel like my mood also changes with the season. So Mm -hmm. it always kind of ebbs and flows. And 
Um, so yeah, I guess just experimenting and trying out different things is what has led me to like where my style is now. Um, I'd say my style is definitely, um, kind of colorful and funky. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I guess I just, there's a phase that I went through where I like literally only shot with like neutral muted colors Okay, and that's like so beautiful. Like I see so many photographers do that and I loved that phase, but I, I'm glad I kind of got out of that because the work I'm making now makes me like a lot more happy. And I don't know why Mm -hmm. I like put myself in that box. I was like, every single person I shoot has to wear white (laughs) or tan. And I'm like, why did I put those restrictions on myself for some reason? I don't know. But now I kind of just like go with the flow and I'm like more excited about trying out all different types of colors. And Mm -hmm. I, I kind of like to direct my subjects to do weird and kind of funky poses. I love to incorporate a lot of movement. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I guess that's how it kind of got where it is now. Definitely just experimentation over the years. Yeah. And I like how you don't put yourself in that box. Like I know a lot of even like wedding photographers, they might be afraid of color a little bit because there's this stigma that neutrals are like the most beautiful thing in the world. And like you said, it does make really pretty photos, Mm -hmm. but sometimes like that nice pop of colors just, you know, it, you just can't beat it sometimes. Like it just draws Mm -hmm. your eye. And if you're using it in the right way, color can be really powerful. So I think it's a really cool thing to kind of branch out. So starting with neutrals, branching out, that's Mm -hmm. something that like, honestly, I would even be afraid to do because you know, there's that stigma around colors, but it's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. So let's jump into talking about self-portraits. This is a topic I'm really excited to chat with you about because you do a lot of self-portraits. And so, um, yeah, I'm not a self-portrait expert by any means. So how did you get started in doing self-portraits? Like what did that, um, what did that journey look like? Yeah, for sure. Um, When I first started photography in high school, I did take some self-portraits. I feel like when we first get our camera, we, I don't know. I was really young. I didn't have like people that were always willing to let me take their photo and I wanted Mm -hmm. to learn how to use my camera. So I definitely took a lot of pictures of myself in high school. Um, and and then once I really started to be serious with photography, I totally stepped away from that. And I was like, I like photographing other people. I don't like photographing myself. Mm -hmm. Um, but then when COVID hit, I pretty much all of my shoots were canceled or rescheduled. So I had, nothing to share. And I, I just love to shoot. And if I don't shoot for a certain period of time, I feel so antsy and like, I'm like, Oh, I just always have this urge to shoot. And I didn't have anyone to take photos of. Um, so I kind of had the opportunity to turn my lens on myself. I was just quarantining at home and I started setting up my paper roll backdrops in front of a window in my apartment or I also had like one, I had one strobe light at the time. I didn't even have two. So I was like <laughs> working with what I had, got a ring light. And so I just started taking photos of myself and kind of sharing the process. And that is what kind of made my TikTok go crazy. And mm-hmm. I feel like this was, this was at the beginning of the pandemic. So I was like early in, that was when TikTok just started to kind of blow up. So I do yeah. feel like I was lucky to get in at the right time. Um, so I started sharing that and people loved it. People want, had a lot of questions about on the technical side, how do you even do that? Um, so I started making videos, teaching other people how to do it and people loved it. So I just went with it Mm -hmm. and now things are, you know, starting to get back to normal. I'm shooting other people and I still make time to do self-portraits because, 
um, I enjoy it now. Like at first it was really stressful. And, yeah. Um, very intimidating. And I got very emotional and I sometimes still do. I, most of the time I still do taking self portraits, but, um, it's become a lot easier with practice and mm-hmm. I enjoy doing it because there's like zero pressure, uh, when it's just you and a camera and right. you have the ability to shoot whatever you want, spend as much time as you want, take your time. And you don't really get that opportunity when shooting with clients or other kind of gigs. So mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely a different experience. And I kind of enjoy dedicating a full day to self-portraits and just kind of going with the flow. And yeah, it's fun now, but it definitely was hard at first. <laughs> oh, I bet. I was literally going to say like when you started, like when you first got your camera and then you just started taking self-portraits, I feel like that would be the time that I would probably give up and be like, mm, this is too hard because self-portraits are like a whole different ball game. Like mm-hmm. there's a total, there's just with focusing and everything, like mm-hmm. it's just a lot harder than having your subject right in front of you. So kudos to you because I probably would have given up right at that moment. I would have been like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. You would be surprised. Like people would be surprised how freaking long it takes to take self portraits. Yes. Like I, I'm a pretty fast shooter when I'm taking photos of other people. Like I've had models tell me, Oh, like you, you take photos really quickly. And like, I'm like, Oh, maybe I need to slow down. And like, that's what self portraits have taught me, but it takes me forever to shoot self portraits, you know, like not even including all the hair and makeup and styling time. And it's like setting up the lighting, you know, getting like, you know, setting up your composition, doing your focus settings, all of that. And then of course, if you're using natural light, by the time you get everything going, like the light has moved (laughs) and then you have to pick up your station and move it. And it's like, it's definitely stressful on days that I shoot self portraits. I'm like, I have to start getting ready at seven in the morning or earlier, like where I'm not gonna be able to get this done before sunset. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's crazy. So talk me through a little bit of that process of like starting taking the photos basically from the beginning to end. What, what steps do you take? So I know you mentioned focus and all that, but yeah, just kind of walk mm-hmm. me through that. Yeah. So the first thing is more of just like planning and the idea of it. Um, I, of course, like have Pinterest boards of like, um, shoots that I'm inspired by and I love, but a lot of the time I'm inspired by, um, recently it's been like wardrobe, like I'll, I'll find an outfit in my closet or I'll like buy a new outfit and be like totally inspired by that piece and the colors in it or the texture and kind of, um, style everything else around that. Um, most of the time it has to do with like picking a backdrop color or like a certain location that I want to take photos at that kind of goes with the vibe, or maybe it's like a prop. Um, but that's kind of like how it starts is usually just like one element and I plan everything else around that. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep it simple. This is my idea. And then, um, I'll build a Pinterest board based around that one idea. So I make a new board for every single self-portrait shoot I do. Um, just to kind of reference while shooting. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, uh, like the day of the shoot, I'll wake up, I'll do my hair and makeup. And then I will kind of set up my shot wherever it may be, whether I'm like in the studio or just in my house or something. Um, and I set my camera on the tripod and it kind of depends what I'm doing. If I'm shooting with strobes, I'll tether to my laptop, but if I'm using natural light, I'll just use, I'll connect wirelessly to my phone with the, um, Canon connect app. Mm -hmm. And then I can see what my camera sees on my phone or my iPad. And then, um, I'll just kind of start shooting from there. I like using the Canon connect app because you can like tap to focus on your face or your eyes or whatever it may be. It is 
by no means perfect. Um, <laughs> it's definitely a struggle. Um, it lags a bit, so don't expect perfection. Uh, just yeah. know that that's also something that slows down the process. So I kind of just play around with it, but I, I, yeah, I set it up on, um, face tracking and okay. kind of just move around and refocus, um, and just play around with poses. Honestly, it's nice being able to like have it on a screen and see what you look like. Um, so that you yeah. can kind of move around and create composition, um, and just make it fun. I always play music, make a cocktail. <laughs> yes. Get be a into party. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you're shooting, do you ever do like multiple outfits or like multiple shoots in one day? I know sometimes I'm like a batch worker where I like to get everything mm-hmm. done, you know, my content done for the week or whatever. Do you do that as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, most of the time I try to, if I'm doing self portraits, I'll try to batch content. Like the other day I, uh, I planned like a self portrait around this pair of pants that I got that had like all these funky colors on them. And mm-hmm. I just painted my living room, like pink and orange. And I was like, Oh, I need to like do a shoot in my living room. Cause I haven't done that yet. Mm-hmm. And so that was my idea was those funky pants plus the living room. And I would just kind of figure out like a pose or a composition of what I liked. But then I was like, well, my hair and makeup's already done. I just need that one shot for that first one. Let's try out some other ideas. And then I ended up just kind of walking around my house and finding light. Um, my house doesn't have like great light all day. It doesn't, it's not east facing. I don't have big windows, but like, I don't know, you can see, I don't know if this is not great for a podcast, but right behind <laughs> me, there is like a spot of light coming in from my window yes. on the floor. I would just like walk around and see that and be like, Oh, I'm going to lay in that and try and <laughs> like, <laughs> just follow the light, honestly. Yeah. So, okay. Um, yeah. And then I just kind of go with the flow from there, just get inspired, um, by things around me. But yeah, sometimes I do, if I'm booking time at the studio, I rent, uh, for self-portraits, I will plan multiple concepts, bring multiple outfits, different backdrop colors, whatever it may be, so that I can mm-hmm. get out um, a couple of things at once. Just because it is so time-consuming, it's better to uh, kind of just play around with multiple ideas. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good idea. Would you ever bring someone with you to like literally press the button for you? But it's self-portrait, so I don't know, do you function better by yourself or would you ever bring like you know your boyfriend or whoever with mm-hmm. you? Um, I have before for like a couple of shoots, like one time I was at my friend Kylie's house and I like went over there to shoot in her like office area with her backdrops and I was like struggling. Um, and I, I like literally went up to her office by myself. Like I was just hanging out with her and I went and I literally went to go take self portraits by myself, but mm-hmm. I was struggling so hard. I was like, I need your help. So she came and took the photos of me and like, okay. pressed the button. but, um, for the most part I do it myself. Yeah. Okay. Um, but if I am on the struggle bus, then I will call for help. Okay. Beyonce, <laughs> probably. Yes. Okay. So, um, then do you have any like random practical tips for self portraits? Like for anyone that's listening and if they maybe want to get into self-portraits, you have a tidbit of just knowledge or like a little gem that has helped you. Um, definitely. If you're like a beginner photographer or looking to buy your first camera, I definitely recommend getting one that has Wi-Fi comp- compatibility so mm-hmm. that you can link up with that app. Um, because I do find that shooting with whatever brand camera it is, there's Nikon, Snapbridge, Canon, Camera Connect, and then Sony has one as well. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what the app is called, but they all have an app. Um, 
I think that getting a camera with Wi-Fi and starting with that is really great because tethering to your laptop for self-portraits is also an option, mm-hmm. um, but it can be a little bit more complicated because you're, for the most part, it depends on your camera brand and your software you're using, but sometimes you can't um, like see a live view of what you're shooting and being able to see that live view is really helpful um, versus taking a photo, then checking to see how it looks, then taking the photo. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just from a technical standpoint, getting a camera with Wi-Fi is yes, it's a game changer. I use the, mm-hmm. um, Sony app. I think it's called like image edge something. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's very random, Yes, yes but yes. literally looking at what's going on in my camera, right on my phone. It's amazing. Like you can literally just like move to the spot you need to be like, mm-hmm. and you just like hit the button, kind of throw your phone out of the way and get the shot. Yes. It's, it's a game changer. I've tried it without the app and it's just 10 times harder, you know? So oh, yeah. You know, putting the camera in self-timer, running in front of the tripod, yes. going back. It's like, it's a lot. But yes. <laughs> yeah, the app makes it, if you're just starting with self-portraits, I think having that app is awesome. Yeah. Cool. That's a really great tip. Um, I want to transition to talking about your social media um, because you're great on social media. I know you talked a little bit about your journey, but um, maybe in more detail, kind of talk about what it's looked like for you on social media um, as you've grown your business, kind of how your social media has grown with you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it kind of started, like I said, at the beginning, beginning of the pandemic, I wasn't, um, like going out and doing any shoots. So I kind of just, I downloaded TikTok First of all, I was very new to the app mm-hmm. and I felt very old at first. I was like <laughs> these youths, I can't fit in with them, <laughs> but I just went through my camera roll and got together, like all the behind the scenes footage that I had taken already from shoots in the past. And I started just putting music to them. Um, always like, uh, for the most part, you know, showing behind the sea scenes. And then when the beat drops or like to go along with the music, I would show the final photos and mm-hmm. people really, really loved that. Um, and so that's kind of how it started. And then I just started, uh, doing a lot of behind the scenes of the self portraits I took in my house during the pandemic. And, um, people just had a lot of questions about, you know, what what equipment do you use? How do you link up your camera? Um, how do you plan your photo shoots? Like all that kind of stuff. So I started making videos, um, giving tips and stuff for beginners on how to get started. Um, and that's like kind of what blew up really at the beginning. Um, like I said, I do feel like I'm, I'm lucky that I started posting at the right time because now it's very, it's much harder. It's very oversaturated with how many people have joined TikTok now. So Mm -hmm. it's a lot, I will say it's a lot harder now to stand out. Um, and I don't know, it is something that I'm struggling with now. I'm like, TikTok is a whole beast. I can't keep up with it. Um, so, and with like reels and everything, it's like very overwhelming, but, um, that's kind of how it started and people really love the educational content. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that sharing self portraits and showing a lot of myself versus just the photo shoots of other people I'm doing is something that led to me growing a following pretty quickly, because when you incorporate yourself into your brands, like that helps your brand identity so much. And people Mm -hmm. are more willing to follow along on your journey on Instagram and TikTok or whatever it may be. If you make yourself like a huge part of your business. Um, So I will say that as hard as it is for us as photographers to do that, because a lot of us are shy or just prefer being behind the camera instead of in front of it. It is so, so, so important to do that. And that is definitely what led me to kind of grow on social media pretty quickly. Yeah. It's, 
I cannot emphasize that like showing your face aspect enough. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, photographers like to hide behind the camera, but creating that connection with your audience, like specifically your target audience, it's going to come from showing the person behind the camera. I know I love to follow people who I actually know like what they look like and who they Mm -hmm. are. Chances are very, very low that I'm going to follow someone and be invested in their business if I have no idea like who they are, you know, if I just see their work all the time. So that's a really good point. Um, Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I 100% agree. So um, what point in your social media journey, like, is there one point where you felt like things really started to shift? Was there like one specific video or like one specific moment that you were like, oh, wow, this is actually growing, this is happening type of thing? Yeah, there was one video that like, I really feel like changed everything. It was when I was doing self-portraits in my house and I did, um, it was kind of like a voiceover video of me explaining my process to take this photo that was um, a photo of myself holding a camera. And then it was my arms coming into the frame from each side, holding a bunch of different cameras. So it was like a bunch of my arms coming in. Okay. Um, and I kind of showed the process of like an inspiration photo. I saw this on Pinterest. I showed the inspirational photo. It was like a bunch of people that had shot this idea mm-hmm. and I included them. And then I talked about how I was going to do it differently and how I'm going to hold cameras because that's me. And then I showed the technical process of like photoshopping them into the photo, like shooting them um, and what the final image looked like. And that video blew up like crazy. And then the most insane part of that wasn't even that it was that people started replicating the idea and tagging me um, in on TikTok um, and on Instagram And luckily I like realized that they were doing that. I was like, oh my gosh, like, can you uh, put this hashtag so I can see them? And now there's like hundreds and hundreds, like honestly, it's probably over a thousand photos that photographers from around the world have like done that. And like, that wasn't my idea by any means. Like, like I showed in the video that these are, and I, this is an idea that a lot of other people on Pinterest have done, but I think people are just excited about seeing like the process from beginning to end and just Mm -hmm seeing how that video inspired so many people to get in front of their camera and take photos of themselves was like so cool because like in my photo that I was just holding cameras and then other people were like, Oh, I love reading books. I'm going to hold a bunch of books. Like people were holding all these random objects and like doing their own spin on it and getting creative with it. And it was like the most mind blowing thing. And it all happened so fast, like literally within like a week. And I was like, TikTok is crazy. That is crazy. Oh my gosh. And it just goes to show like shareable content is so important. And even when you're making like that video, I'm sure it's not like in the forefront of your mind, like, oh, people are going to recreate this or this is going to become shareable. Yeah. Yeah. You totally don't even think about that. But sometimes Mm -hmm. if your posts like relate or connect to your audience enough, it becomes shareable and that sort of like viral content that helps you grow. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's honestly always the videos that you don't expect either that do so Mm -hmm. well. So that's a really cool story. I'm glad you had like a moment in your head. I like that. Thanks. Yeah, it was crazy for sure. Yeah. So let's talk through a few strategies that you use on social media. Um, Let's talk about TikTok because that's like really where I feel like you have a really big platform. So, um, what are some strategies or like techniques that you use on TikTok that help your videos do really well? Um, and just content that you think is, has been working for you so far. Um, I think that TikTok is interesting 
I feel like I have to like break this down first, but (laughs) TikTok is different than any other app because people who don't know you or may not be interested in what you're sharing will see the video. Mm -hmm. Whereas on Instagram, the people that see your content for the most part are the people that already follow you. And yes, maybe they share it and maybe you get some new eyes on it because of that. But for the most part, it's like your own audience that already likes your content, follows your content for a reason is seeing it. But on TikTok, it's anyone. And right. so you kind of have to keep that in mind when making t- content. Um, and I found that it's crazy. Like I can share a shoot that I did that I'm like super proud of that had a ton of production go into it. You know, we had hairstylists, makeup artists, amazing models and incredible sets. Like it was expensive to produce and like, it turned out incredible. Mm -hmm. I will, I will find that those videos don't do well, but the (laughs) videos where I'm like, let me show you how to use pantyhose on your lens (laughs) will pop off because, (laughs) because it's great for anyone, you know, like you can do that with an iPhone camera. Like you don't have to have all this expensive equipment and a talented team that you're paying. Like the things that your average Joe can relate to is the type of content that will perform well. Mm -hmm. So you just kind of have to keep that in mind. Um, and just like, honestly, pulling back the curtain and just being real on TikTok and showing your process is something that people appreciate so much. So I feel like when I go really in detail of like what equipment I'm using, how I edited this, um, what the lighting was like, if I explain every detail of it, people really love that because then they feel like they can do it too when you really break it down like that. Mm -hmm. So that's just like the main thing I like to keep in mind when sharing content is like, can the average person relate to this. Yes. Um, so yeah. And I always love to use, um, music that's trending or sounds that are trending. Um, that's always a good tip using hashtags that are related to your niche versus mm-hmm. like really vague ones. Right, um, right. but yeah, I feel like that is kind of the basic tips, but yes. Yeah, no, that's really good. I think connectability on TikTok is so huge. You, you nailed it right on the head because every person that sees your video on TikTok for the most part are people that don't already follow you. So Mm -hmm. keeping that in mind with every video, doing like good intros that kind of explain what the video is about to hook your audience, like all of that relates to that connectable, relatable part um, of TikTok. And I think most of the time on TikTok, if I see like a super put together or really produced post, I almost just swipe past it. Cause I'm like, like, come on, like this is TikTok. Like don't, don't put that, like that super high quality video on here. Don't do that. Like I yeah, like to see for this YouTube. stuff. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's for YouTube or for your Instagram followers. Yeah. Um, I like to see that stuff that was kind of a little bit more um, spontaneous, or you can tell like, you know, you just kind of whipped it together. That's the stuff that I'm like, Ooh, like I really relate to this because I could see myself doing this too, or I see myself in this video in -hmm. some way, shape or form. So yes, Mm -hmm. that's yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I wanted to just say like what you said about at the beginning of your video, like explaining what it is and who it's for and who you are is Mm -hmm. so important. Like most of my videos that do really well, like usually starts with like a selfie or whatever, like a shot of me, like just saying hello or like showing, you know, here's five ideas for this. And, uh, yeah. Versus 
jumping straight into what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. People like to know like what the video is about or like what they're getting into before watching the whole thing. It's kind of like that hook to keep people watching the -hmm. whole video. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what are some of the things that help you stay motivated on social media? I know you were talking about how it's hard to keep up and I 100% agree, but, um, what are some of the things that keep you motivated or keep you posting, um, Mm -hmm. on your accounts? Um, yeah, I mean, this is something that I've been struggling with a lot lately. I feel like the end of 2021, I was just like, so burnt out and there's like 2021 was amazing. I had so many exciting things happen in my career. Um, and it was awesome, but I like, it was just hard to juggle it all. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, I'm, hosting this awesome event. You know, I'm doing this cool work for brands. I bought a house this year. I'm engaged. I'm planning a wedding. I'm like, I have all this going on. Like the last thing I wanted to do was like pump out a bunch of content that I'm not super proud of because Mm -hmm. like making art shouldn't be that way. It should be like, I should be doing what I'm passionate about and spending time on something that I'm proud of versus creating just because I feel like I have to for social media. Mm -hmm. So that is something I've kind of been struggling with a little bit because I haven't been as consistent on TikTok as I was last year. Um, but what does keep me motivated and going is definitely the you know beginner photographers that maybe got their first camera that tell me how helpful my video was for them or just like they feel inspired by it. And so like I'll get a DM from someone that's like, I love the shoot that you did. Here's my photo. I, I tried to recreate it. I'm still learning. What do you think? Like messages like that are the most amazing. And it like, I can't believe I get them. Like Mm -hmm. it's so, it's so great to like kind of reflect and realize like the impact that social media can have on other creators and people that like need encouragement and are looking for advice. Um, so that's definitely what keeps me going because it's just the best feeling ever to get like a message like that. Um, but Yeah. yeah, it is motivating to know that your content is, serving its purpose and helping people. It's, it's hard when you create a bunch of content because you don't always know how it affects someone, you know, someone, it could totally inspire someone and they just keep that to themselves. Um, so that can be hard because you just keep putting out this content with like not having a return or, you know, you're not getting Mm -hmm. anything back from it necessarily. Um, and social media can kind of feel, like a marathon sometimes, but like, honestly, not even a marathon. Cause there's really no end finish line with social media. Like it literally just keeps going forever and ever. And I yeah. think that's, that's really hard, but also it's cool to think about the fact that with no finish line comes so much room for change and growth. And you can just, you can change your brand. You can change the way you do things and mm-hmm. it'll just keep going on social media because there's no end. Um, right. so I think that's a cool way to look at it, but Yeah. That's good motivation. Those nice, kind messages. I love that. Yeah, I definitely, I think that's so true. And like you, like with social media, you have the ability to like transform like the content that you create and like what kind of approach you want to take. And like, there's no rules and you can kind of just do whatever you want and see how it like it affects other people, how it makes you feel about yourself and your business. So I love that. Yeah. It is kind of crazy how, and it's, it's crazy (laughs) to even like reflect back on my own, like TikToks and stuff from a year or two ago, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't like do that anymore. Like that's yeah. so, I can't believe I did that. I was totally <laughs> in another phase. Like, just like, for example, like when I, the, the video that really popped off with the cameras and the hands and everything, like I go back and watch that video. I don't know why, but I was like, I would like 
do my voiceovers and I would like whisper into my iPad. <laughs> so today I'm going to be doing this. Like I would whisper and I'm like, why was I whispering? And like, <laughs> why wasn't I more confident? I was very shy. And it is, yeah. it is crazy to see how like your content and your work in general changes over time as you like use social media and like mm-hmm. how other people's work can encourage you to. But yeah. 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 <laughs> I look back at my content and I cringe sometimes too, especially like my first like 10 TikToks. I'm like, Oh gosh, like what was I thinking? Like, it's just so embarrassing. All right, let's move on. I don't want anyone to get the idea to go back on my TikTok and go that far. I'm doing that right after this is over. Oh my gosh, I'm crying. Okay, so I want to talk about ColourPop. Um, And I'm excited to talk about this because I'm just interested in this topic. But for anyone that's listening that doesn't know what ColourPop is, what is ColourPop and why did you decide to host it? Yes. So this was an event that my business partner, Ashley, and I hosted this past summer in Utah. Um, It was a portfolio building weekend for photographers to sign up and come join and photograph a bunch of different creative photo shoots that Ashley and I planned put together um, in order to build a portfolio, to network with other creatives Um, to meet people really just to, it wasn't a workshop. We didn't have any formal um, education or training or anything, but Ashley and I were there to answer any questions people had on the spot um, Mm -hmm. and just to like get to know each other and everything. But um, yeah, so we came up with, we had been talking. Okay. So Ashley and I used to work together at the kids clothing company that I mentioned earlier. Um, And neither of us work there anymore, but we've always, we've worked together on different kind of like brand shoots before she is an art director and a stylist. Um, and so we've worked together on projects in the past and we always are sharing ideas with each other. Oh my gosh, have you seen this location here in Utah? Like we have to do a shoot here. How cool would it be if we brought in these colors and these types of models and whatever. So we've always been sharing ideas and talking about doing cool photo shoots with each other but then we kind of were like it would be so cool if we you know had the budget to put on this huge production with all these photo shoots and make all of our dream ideas that we've had forever come to life Mm -hmm. so we started kind of teasing the idea on social media I had no idea what the response was going to be like because for the most part um photographers that host you know content weekends and stuff like this are wedding photographers and Mm -hmm. they are bridal wedding couple themed. Um, Some of them are like really creative and funky, but for the most part, they're appealing to wedding photographers because wedding photographers can pay for, to attend one of these events and make Mm -hmm. that money back by booking one wedding. Um, So we were definitely a little hesitant to do something that was more creative portrait and like editorial styled and funky and weird and not couples sent couples wedding centered at all we had no idea if we were going to get interest in that but we did mm-hmm. we were so ex- we were like blown away by how many people applied and um like our goal was to only have 20 people come we got hundreds of people applying and it was oh like gosh. really overwhelming and I was like how in the world are we going to choose people it was <laughs> it was like oh my god I had no idea but it was so exciting um mm-hmm. so we ended up deciding to host the event uh, two weekends back to back. So 20 group, two groups of 20 photographers. Um, so the same exact shoots, um, we had a couple things change with like models based on availability and stuff, but same location, same shoots, all of that. Um, 
and it was awesome. So we had 40 photographers in total come from all over the country. We had people from Florida, North Dakota, like all over. And they all came from different backgrounds of photography. Some of them did product photography, but wanted to get into portraits. Some of them okay. did weddings, but wanted to, uh, you know, offer more creative types of couple sessions. So they wanted to go outside the box a little bit. But the reason we called it ColourPop was because the main focus of the event was like really bright, funky colors. Mm-hmm. Um so we, we incorporated that with the styling, with the sets, with the art direction in general. Um, we did a day of studio sessions where we shot in like a big studio and everyone rotated from station to station. And then we did a bunch of outdoor shoots at the iconic Utah spots, like the salt flats, the sand dunes, stuff like that at the mountains. Mm-hmm. So definitely a variety of locations and different types of shoots, um, it was so fun. It was exhausting. It was way more work than I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was like the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my career. It was a dream and we're Mm -hmm. really excited to host more of them in the future. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, so I did a content day. I've done a few of them, but I, that feeling of like afterwards. So like during the process, it's fun, like planning it, but some it's challenging, you know, like there's a lot of obstacles that, and you know, hoops you have to jump through, but then mm-hmm. afterwards that feeling after it's just like this incredible high. Like you're just like, mm-hmm. I have, I just want to keep doing these. I want to do another one tomorrow. And then I want to do another yeah. one the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, these events, they're so fun to plan. They're so fun to attend. Um, mm-hmm. and I think it's really cool that you did it for more creative portrait portfolio building, because like mm-hmm. you said, a lot of these workshops or content days are for, wedding photographers, because, Mm -hmm. you know, to get into the wedding industry, you need some sort of portfolio. Um, but this was definitely like more outside of the box. And I think that's, that's cool. Like that's what people are looking for when they want to build their portfolio. So Mm -hmm. it's really awesome. Um, what did that planning process look like for you? Um, obviously there's a lot of details. You don't have to jump into like every single little detail, but -hmm. just kind of walk me through the process of planning, um, that event with Ashley. Mm -hmm. So Ashley and I got together and we decided we wanted to host the event. We kind of just word vomited all of our ideas for photo shoots. We mm-hmm. talked, we, in the planning process, we kind of talked about, okay, like how many should be couple shoots? How many should be crazy editorials? Like how many should be close up beauty shots? Cause we wanted to make it valuable for all the photographers and have a variety. So we started planning like just top level, like how many different types of shoots should there be? And then we created like a marketing plan. How are we going to, um, like do the application process? How are we going to choose people? Um, we wanted a diverse kind of group of photographers that we didn't want all crazy advanced photographers and we didn't want all beginners. We wanted a good mix so that they could meet each other, learn from each other. We wanted photographers with totally different editing styles. We wanted photographers that, like I said, come from different photography backgrounds. So, um, we made sure that the people we chose, you know, did that, but it was freaking impossible to do that. And I, it was like crazy and I'm so excited to host more events so we can get more people to come. Um, But that was like kind of the first steps. And then once we realized we had enough people that were interested, we started planning it. Um, We created um, all different types of like our Pinterest board is insane. Thousands of things. It was 
too much. Like <laughs> it's just crazy. Um, but yeah, we created different sections and Pinterest boards for the type of vibe we're going for. We started reaching out to models. We started buying wardrobe. We had a lot of like large scale sets that we had to produce and figure out the logistical side. And Ashley was the art director on this. So that was like her job. Um, thank God I had her. She knows how to use power tools and create giant wooden sets and stuff. So that's what she does. Um, So she did amazing. And I would not have been able to do that without her. The way that she like sourced all these different types of sets was awesome. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so we started the planning side and that was the most time consuming part. Honestly, wardrobe was the most time consuming part. Um, And, uh, you know, like props and stuff like that. But yeah, we started uh, reaching out to models um, hair stylists, makeup artists, like florists, all these different types of vendors that we wanted. We've reached out to brands as well. I'm um, mm-hmm. trying to pique their interest in blending stuff for us for this event. Um, so yeah, it was a pretty long planning process and, you know, the fun part was hosting it the weekend that, I mean, it was definitely crazy, but, mm-hmm. um, it was not the hardest part. The hardest part was probably planning it and all of the logistics leading up yeah. to it, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a really good breakdown of everything. And the planning is like you're saying, it is just all consuming, but it's so cool to see it all come together. Um, Mm -hmm. Just like seeing it all is just so, it's so rewarding. Um, Mm -hmm. Where did you find your inspo or like, where did you get your inspo for for some of your shoots? I'm sure you pulled from like a few different places, but like where where was some of that inspo from? Um, well, a lot of it was just ideas that Ashley and I had talked about. So when we worked for this kid's clothing company, she was the stylist and art director and I was the photographer. So we Mm -hmm. worked on ideas and stuff all the time for the kids brand. And we were always like, Oh, wouldn't this kind of idea be cool with like for women's fashion or like creative portraits, something like more editorial. So we had all these different ideas we've talked about and we had some crazy ideas for ColourPop that did not happen because okay. it was just a logistical nightmare that <laughs> I'm not going to say what they are because maybe one day we'll be able to pull it off. Yeah. But we had some really cool ideas that just were like too much for the first time. <laughs> but, um, I mean, a lot of it was like, we just get inspired by the landscape as well. Um, Mm -hmm. so like, you know, everyone loves the Bonneville salt flats here in Utah. We were like, what's Mm -hmm. a, what's a, something that everyone would love to photograph, but maybe a little bit more leveled up. Um, we decided to hire ballot, like professional ballerinas from ballet West here in Salt Lake city to come out to the salt flats and wear some crazy long gowns and different colors and do some awesome, you know, jumps and poses and ballet. Um, so that was really exciting, but yeah, for the most part, I don't even know how we came up with some of the ideas. (laughs) I'm like, sometimes, yeah, sometimes we come across things on Pinterest that were really cool. We're inspired by quite a few different photographers. We love Jimmy Marble's work. Mm -hmm. Um, we love Diane, um, Villadson. I can't pronounce her last name. Okay. Both of their works are super colorful. They play with like giant shapes and sets and patterns and, it's like a storybook come to life, their work. And we wanted something kind of like that for ours. So we just figured out ways to incorporate color and shapes, um, into the set and then kind of styled everything else around that. Pretty okay. much. Yeah. That's cool. That's really awesome. So, um, if anyone's listening and wants to put a picture with the concept, um, go check out Marina's Instagram because the photos are all on her Instagram and they're really, really cool. Um, there's, 
a ton, like literally so many cool concepts that you guys did. So go check those out. Um, I do have one more question for you. Do you feel like these types of events are beneficial for photographers? Like, why do you think people should attend them? Obviously your answer is yes, but like, kind of like, why, why would you encourage someone to attend an event like this? Definitely. I mean, as photographers, no matter where you are in your career, it's really hard to pull off something that's like high level and has the amount of planning that we kind of put into this. And so like, maybe you're just starting it and you don't have connections to reach out to, um, professional models or, uh, you know, fund a huge set, um, that you want to shoot. Uh, so attending an event like this is like getting able to capture, um, those types of photo shoots that you normally wouldn't have the opportunity to, or don't know how, um, Ashley is like such an amazing art director and has over 10 years of experience in design. So like her brain is amazing and the, um, different types of styling and ideas that she has for stuff always turn out so incredible. And so I just know, like when I was first, or just at any point in my career, really, I'd love to attend events like this just to Mm -hmm. meet other people and build my portfolio so that it's something really amazing and that I'm proud of that, you know, didn't take all of the months and months and months of work and money that it took us to do that. Um, you know, it's kind of like getting to that place of having a portfolio and a website that you're like super proud of and the type of work that you want to pursue, um, as like a starting point when you can't like always pull it off yourself. Yes. Um, Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, That's a really good way of looking at it. It's the portfolio building opportunity is just so amazing for events like that, but it's also just so nice to kind of switch off your brain from like the client brain to just like, I'm just going to be creative and I'm just going to shoot whatever the heck I want to shoot at this event because no one's, no one's telling me I have to get this shot or this shot, or there's no expectations. Like I can just come into it with my own creativity and create whatever I want to create. That's like my favorite thing about events like these. Yeah. I mean, and the coolest part was seeing how all the photographers that attended their photos were all so different. Yeah. Some of them brought like different props and stuff and, Mm -hmm. you know, they would bring fractals to put in front of their lens or different kinds of reflective props and stuff. Some of them shot on film. Um, and some of them did post-production editing to like totally change colors or, uh, you know, do some double exposures or whatever it may be. They all kind of put their own spin on every concept and seeing that after the fact was the coolest thing because, not everyone's photos look the same because they attended the same event. Like everyone's photos look so different. Um, yeah. it's really awesome. And yeah, we have an Instagram account. It's at shot at color pop. If you okay. want to see all the photos that the attendees took, we've been sharing their photos. Okay. Um, so it's super cool to see how diverse everyone's content was just based yeah. on their own style and seeing their own spin on it. So that yeah. was like the coolest. That's so cool. Um, well, that kind of wraps up everything that I wanted to talk about on this episode, but I would love for you to kind of tell everyone where they can find you and kind of like what's up and coming in your business. If there's anything exciting. Yeah, for sure. Um, so on Instagram, I'm at Marina W photo, um, same on TikTok. If you want to learn more about ColourPop, you can find it on my website, Marina Williams, education.com. Um, I also have a Patreon community. That's kind of like my main focus right now is basically it's a membership community where each Tuesday I post a new video. Um, 
and their lessons on photography, whether it's like the technical side of how to do something in Photoshop or working with clients, um, the business side, finances, all that kind of stuff. There's um, where I've done it for, it's been a year and one month since I launched. So we're okay. at almost 60 videos. Wow. And whenever you join, you can watch all 60 videos. They don't go away. So it's mm-hmm. been really fun to like, we have a, a coinciding Facebook community as well, where everyone shares their work and asks for advice and whatnot. So it's been super cool to like meet photographers from all over through this community. But that's yeah. my main focus right now is the Patreon. Um, so yeah, you can find that through my Instagram as well. But yeah, that's what I'm working on this year. This I'm getting married in a couple months, so I am trying wow. to focus on the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm taking a little break uh the beginning of 2022 to do that. But yeah, we are planning on hosting another color pop this summer. So okay. keep an eye out for that. So right into the wedding and then right into color pop. No breaks, girl. <laughs> um I can't wait for our honeymoon. I just can't wait to chill on a beach. With yes. Mark. You deserve it. It's going to be good. Cool. Colorado will probably be towards like September. Like, oh, yeah, okay. Summer, yes. Can plan because right. it's a lot of work. But oh, yes. Really excited. So, yeah, that's where you can find me. But thank cool. you so much for having me. I appreciate it so much. It's of been course. To talk to you. Yeah, it was so good having you on an episode. Thank you so much. Um, and you shared a lot of great content. So, thank you. Expose my mind to clarity. Oh, my spirit shudders Capture the moment, oh, keep my sanity No wisdom rushing in So much clearer now Getting a little bit